Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. All right, here we go. It is a rapid reaction podcast. We're moments removed from Terrence Crawford's stoppage of Sean Porter, controversial stoppage, an interesting post-fight moment from Kenny Porter, the father of Sean Porter. But ultimately, it is all about Terrence Crawford getting the biggest win of his career via stoppage. He retains his WBO belt, the ninth straight knockout for Terrence Crawford. Uh, a debate about whether it's him or Canelo atop the pound-for-pound list will rage on. What is next for Terrence Crawford? What is next for Sean Porter? What the hell happened in Sean Porter's camp? All that will have to be addressed in the next couple days and weeks. But we're here to break it all down, Dan Canobio, for this rapid reaction uh, podcast for Sean Porter and uh, Terrence Crawford. And what, One thing we won't be talking about as the undercard. Undercard was lackluster to to be uh, to be nice there. This one was all about the main event, uh, and it was fun. It was a fun lead up. Uh, this fight had uh, the build up between them being friends. It was uh, Terence Crawford's first big fight. Uh, you know, every every knock on Crawford was about his resume being weak and him never fighting anyone of Sean Porter's caliber. Now we finally get that fight and. And early on, I thought that that Crawford didn't look his best. You know, he, he was it was scary, you know, because obviously he, he got stronger as, as the fight went on, but he wasn't at his his sharpest and he was still in good combinations. But I thought Porter, you know, he was getting credit on the telecast for for mixing rhythms. Uh, Tim Bradley, who I have a ton of respect for, talking about mixing his rhythm between brawling and, and boxing. And that's what Sean Porter is. He's much more of a brawler than he is a boxer. And even though the fact that he has a, a good jab, he's known for winging power shots. He's known for getting in close. He's known for dirty boxing. And I thought that Porter could have done that a little more. And maybe uh, that's what Kenny Porter was alluding to. Uh, I thought Porter could have stepped on the gas pedal a little bit more in those early rounds and kind of wore down Crawford because when Porter had success, it was when he was fighting Sean Porter style, when he was laying uh, on Crawford, when he would uh, bully him uh, in, in clinches, when he would let, you know, some dirty boxing uh, on the inside. And he was also landing good uh, combinations as well, Porter, you know, it, whether it was a counter punches or whether he was the aggressor. So I thought early on uh, that Porter was giving Crawford issues. And the thing with, with, with Crawford is you can't give him time. And I thought Porter did that. You can't give him time to think. You can't give him distance uh, inside of that ring because he's going to break you down. He's going to figure it out, and he's going to get it done. He's done it now nine times in a row via stoppage, and he's done it uh, every fight in his career. He's undefeated, WBO champion, and arguably one of the top two or three uh, pound-for-pound fighters. So you had a <laughs> you had a figure that Crawford was going to figure this out, and he was going to break down Porter. Didn't think it was going to come that violently, although I did pick the under, under 11, and I did uh, pick the knockout for Crawford. So I'm riding a little bit of a hot streak uh, when it comes to uh, laying down picks uh, for these fights. But it was when Crawford started hammering to the body. Uh, he landed 28 body shots uh, in this fight. Most of them came uh, from the sixth round on is when the tenor of the fight started to change and Crawford started to get sharper. And you also have to keep in mind that uh, both these fighters are coming off of year-long layoffs, long, career-long layoffs of one year plus for Crawford and Porter. And I thought we saw that early on uh, with Porter's motor 
and with Crawford's accuracy. Uh, Crawford was landing good combinations, but he wasn't like the Crawford we've seen over the last couple of years. And he needed a couple of rounds to warm up, and he certainly did uh, when it comes to that 10th round stoppage of Porter. All right, let's talk about uh, Kenny Porter moment. That was, wow, that's going to be talked about for a very long time. That's going to go down in the post-fight interview record books. Uh, I was shocked. It was a literal jaw-drop moment when Kenny Porter said that the preparation was not there for Sean Porter. Sean, preparation in Sean Porter? I mean, that's what he is. That's his MO. That's everything Sean Porter is about, is outworking the next guy and being overly prepared. So uh, that was interesting. And uh, it's going to be debated whether he should have said it there at that moment. But as we know from Kenny Porter over the years, he doesn't hide anything. He's no BS. So he'll just tell it like it is. I mean, it was interesting to see Sean's head go immediately down. And then he kind of had like an embarrassed smile, you know, like when your parent embarrasses you in public. And this time it was in front of millions of people. Man, I I don't know what to make of it. I I do think the stoppage was was wise because no one knows their fighter better than their trainer. No one knows, uh, you know, a father knows their son best. And like Andre Ward said on the telecast, he wasn't it wasn't a stoppage about what how it looked. It was about what was coming next. And it was going to end ugly for for Sean Porter. I truly believe that Uh, the first knockdown, not so much the second knockdown. When you go back and watch it, watch the legs of Sean Porter. They were not there. I know he was hammering the ground and that leads you to believe that, you know, he can't be that hurt. But when he got up after that second knockdown, his legs, his legs weren't there. So Kenny preemptively stopped the fight. How many times have we seen from trainers, most notably father trainers, where they let these fights go on way too long? There's a fight a few weeks back um, on ESPN where the, the father just let his son take an absolute beating. Uh, Gay, uh, Gabriel Flores uh, on ESPN a few weeks back. Do you remember that? His dad just sat there, sat back, was too hesitant to throw in the towel. Just this past week when I had uh, Breadman Edwards on the, on the podcast, on Inside Boxing Live, and he was talking about throwing in the towel for the first time in his uh, uh, career as a trainer for Kyron Davis against David Benavides. And uh, he, a lot goes into throwing in the towel, and he just, he didn't like the way he was catching punches, Kyron Davis. Well, Kenny Porter didn't like the way his son reacted to the second knockdown, didn't like the way his son prepared for the fight. That right there is going to be talked about for a long time because, as I said, Sean Porter's a guy that that you never have to worry about his preparation. Now you have to think about him. Maybe his fighting days are over. A guy now his fourth loss. Uh, I know he has a great resume, but when you ultimately has lost every big fight uh, that he was in outside of the Danny Garcia fight, but now 34 years old with a long broadcasting career ahead of him, uh, he can get out of the sport with all his faculties and a boatload of money. And maybe his preparation wasn't good. Maybe he was cutting corners like Kenny said, but also isn't that a direct reflection of Kenny Porter, who is the trainer? Or was it the fact that he couldn't just rein in his son or he couldn't get his son to do what he wanted to do uh, for this fight, the biggest fight of his career, Sean Porter? Interesting dynamic. I'm sure Mark Kriegel is going to be all over it. Uh, he is the ultimate uh, you know, storyteller when it comes to father and, and sons. And I thought uh, he had a, a good showing here uh, for this pay-per-view. But Terrence Crawford, man, is a killer. We're going to sit here and debate now. Uh, who is pound for pound number one? What, what, it's it's Crawford and, and it's Canelo that are just running circles around the rest of the field. 
why do you have to find a, a number one right now? Why can't we just say that they're both damn good? Like, this is my problem with pound for pound lists. It's just so subjective. There's no criteria. The goalposts get moved constantly. It turns into a popularity contest on, on who's your favorite guy. But it's Crawford and Canelo. And we should just sit back and uh, watch two great careers of two guys that are now on the north side of 30 chasing legacy. And I've said this all week for Porter, uh, that this fight with, I'm sorry, for Crawford, that this fight with Porter was the beginning of Terrence Crawford writing the last chapter of his legacy and how he needs to go after the, the big names. He has to start with Porter, beat him, and now go on to Spence. Spence was in the crowd. I like that. <laughs> Baby steps here. We're never going to see Spence actually clamor for this the fight with Crawford. We're never going to see Spence say that I want the fight uh, even after his last fight with Danny Garcia, when he was asked afterwards, he would not name Terrence Crawford. All he talked about was going back to his farm and riding his horses. I mean, that's just what he is. That's his MO. He's kind of too cool for school. But I like the fact that, that Errol Spence was actually at the fight. Would have liked to have seen them maybe get in the ring. But, you know, I think that's asking for too much because that would have been very orchestrated. Uh, this is a full top rank show. And although if Crawford and Spence do fight, you would think it might be a shared pay-per-view, but that's another topic of discussion when it comes to this fight is now Terrence Crawford's contract with top rank is up. What's next for Terrence Crawford? Obviously, the Errol Spence fight is what we all want to see, and the expiration date on that fight is slowly ticking if it is not already passed in some fi- uh, fans' minds. But for me, I still want to see it next year. But there are uh, Josh Taylor was in attendance at this fight. Could he jump up to 147 and fight Terrence Crawford? Could that be top rank's way of keeping Crawford in the top rank family. Can he jump to PBC where he could fight Keith Thurman, a name that, that uh, Terrence Crawford loves to bring up for some odd reason. I think he sees that as a winnable fight that can create a lot of money. Uh, it's a fight that the PBC guys got to have over the last couple of years. Uh, these lucrative fights uh, that Crawford should be able to win. So maybe he's like, Hey, I want a piece of that. Some of that action. I want a piece of that PBC action where I can fight Keith Thurman. We can put it on pay-per-view. We could do decent numbers and I can get paid pretty well. Uh, so that's interesting to see. There are options obviously over on the PBC side of things. There are also options for Crawford to move up to 154. He's talked about it in his, in his uh, post-fight interview. He's talked about it in years past. I'm sure he wants to be a four division world champion just to bolster his legacy uh, e- even more. But if you take a look at the, the 147 picture right now. Crawford is the WBO champion, uh, nine straight knockout wins, undefeated. We know the story with that. Spence has the WBC and the IBF uh, world titles, and he has been cleared to fight again. That kind of got lost in the sauce over these last couple of weeks with, with the Canelo news and uh, some of these really good fights that we're getting in November is that Spence is cleared to fight. He looked good today, didn't have the eye patch on. So uh, I wouldn't be shocked if we saw Spence fight sometime in February or March. But who will Errol Spence fight is the question, because obviously you want to see Spence hop in there with your Dennis Ugas, who's coming off of that huge win over Pacquiao. Ugas is the WBA champion. But now it seems like Ugas is being forced to fight in this four man box off that the WBA is doing in their attempts uh, to clean up their act and consolidate some of the titles. So now Ugas is supposed to be getting uh, Stantonius, and Stan- and, uh, and then the winner will fight Butev. I mean, that's ridiculous. Uh, I mean, your Dennis Ugas should be fighting Errol Spence next so we can get a unified champion and get one step closer to Undisputed because if Ugas fights Spence next, let's say in March, 
And then Crawford fights Spence after that. We're talking about Crawford Spence being a undisputed welterweight title fight. I know belts, we want to go on this thing that belts don't really matter, but I would like to see all four belts on the line between Spence and Crawford. It makes that fight even bigger than it already is, but I also wouldn't mind seeing Crawford and Spence get in there uh, for if no belts are on the line. I just want to see that fight when, when it comes to this moment. But that is the picture at welterweight, the WBO number one challenger or the number one contender, or whatever you want to place it, is Virgil Ortiz. Uh, Virgil Ortiz and Terrence Crawford could be a fight we see next year if he wants to stay at 147. Uh, we've seen Golden Boy willing to work with other promoters. Uh, we've seen those pictures. Remember a few, maybe it was a year back. The years are starting to all blend together here. But it was Oscar and it was Bob Arum sitting together at a table breaking bread. They were probably talking about, hey, how can we uh, consolidate our rosters? Or how can we make the best fights uh, with our rosters? And uh, that would be Virgil Ortiz fighting Terrence Crawford. That could be a fight for, for, for the WBO. It could be WBO defense for Crawford. So Crawford can go many different ways here. He can go up to 154. Uh, he could welcome uh, Virgil Ortiz. He could stay at top rank at 147 and fight Josh Taylor, or he can fight Spence. He could still fight Spence and stay with top rank. They can just do a, a joint pay-per-view. We've seen top rank and PBC <laughs> quietly have been working pretty well together for the, the second half of 2020. Uh, Bob Arum had a quote this week saying that uh, he is enjoying uh, working with the PBC. Uh, he thinks that they're getting along well and he wants to make more fights. So maybe these promoters and maybe these entities are starting to realize that they all need to work together. Uh, every once in a while, it's okay to, to cross the street and make a fight like we saw tonight uh, and give the fans something and also uh, you know keep the fighters on their stable happy uh so that was an interesting development so the out of all the divisions in boxing right now we're seeing a lot of undisputed fights uh three of them in 2021 we've seen eight unified fights uh in in 2021 as well uh we're seeing a lot of clarity in the divisions all over boxing uh one face one champion uh to quote Deontay Wilder but the Walter Ray picture is kind of uh hairy right now it's a little messy and uh, we'll see what the WBA does with Ugas. I know he's fighting hard uh, to get that shot as Spence, but I wouldn't be uh, upset with that if it's Ugas versus Spence uh, to get uh, you know consolidate those three belts, and then the winner will get Crawford in the second half of 2022. Uh, I'd be pretty cool with that. But Terence Crawford is the man right now. The pound for pound debate now will rage on if that uh, is something that you're interested, in, but. To me, it's about it's about Canelo and, and Crawford. They're the two guys that are on top right now. Uh, Spence is in the mix, but he's just not active enough. Uh, Inouye is in the mix. He's not active enough. Usyk, some f- people are just not sold on him. I am. I think he's a great talent. He's definitely a top five uh, guy. You know, Josh Taylor uh, is in the mix in pound for pound. We're going to see Teofimo Lopez next week. Vasily Lomachenko. Uh, what do you have? Tyson Fury on that list. And I'm sure I'm leaving some out because I really don't get too caught up with the pound for pound list, but it's pretty damn clear to me that Canelo Alvarez and Terrence Crawford are one A and one B. And that's awesome because they're going to make, make big fights, hopefully in the next couple of uh, years, and they're maybe they'll fight uh who knows i i doubt that uh i was on the boxing voice this past week and my guy ness uh the founder of the boxing voice his dream fight is crawford versus canelo and i think that uh, we're going the opposite of that i think canelo's the one that's going up uh in weight not down 
And because uh, he is now going to be fighting, or at least we think, at cruiserweight, Canelo Alvarez, against uh, Alunga Makabu. Have you guys become familiar with Mr. Alunga Makabu? I've been watching some of his fights. Uh, we're putting together a uh, profile for him uh, on Copybox. Uh, so we'll have something on that uh, coming up to see what type of fighter uh, Makabu is. Uh, the little that I've watched on him is that he has uh, good power. He, ha- he, he throws above average uh, for, for cruiserweights, and uh, he also has a pretty good uh, chin as well. So Canelo's doing crazy things. That was the story of this week. Kind of sucked up some of the attention from Crawford and Porter uh, was the Canelo news. And if you're living under a rock, uh, Canelo Alvarez plans to jump up to cruiserweight to fight Alunga Makabu in May. It's crazy to even think that Canelo Alvarez would jump up to cruiserweight. Uh, it coincides with the WBC lowering the cruiserweight limit down to 190 from 200. Uh, so that's interesting for Canelo Alvarez. Makabu has never really come in over 200. So uh, it's an, an advantage for Canelo because, it's, you know, Makabu is going to not be able to weigh in over 200 pounds. Uh, but that kind of sucked up a lot of the attention uh, this week. And that's going to be discussed now. Uh, for a while we're in this middle the middle of this november to remember right i've been talking about it all month and it's delivered i mean there have been some good fights just uh even this past uh friday night too uh, we got demetrius andre just got jason quigley out of there uh in no time uh, that is uh debate's gonna rage on between uh demetrius andre potentially fighting jamal charlo uh chris mannix had a, a brain fart or maybe he was uh he standing by his rant after the fight where he believes that Demetrius Andrade, I can't even say it with a straight face, Demetrius Andrade and Jamal Charlo is the biggest fight in boxing. It's bigger than Spence and Crawford. It's bigger than Fury and Joshua, according to Chris Mannix. Um, he's a friend of mine. Uh, definitely had to uh, bust his balls over that one, but uh, that's going to be interesting at 160. Maybe we'll see Andrade. Uh, go up to 168. He's he's flirted with that, but that was this past Friday. Uh, we have one more week to go in this November to remember next weekend. Tiafima Lopez, George Cambosos, believe it or not, is actually happening. And it's going down uh, at the Hulu Theater. We'll be there uh, live uh, at Madison Square Garden. And you got Brandon Figueroa going up against Stephen Fulton, which is going to be a really good fight at 122. I'm um, interested in that one. I hope that one might get. Um, a little lost in the sauce too with Tiafimo finally fighting uh, this upcoming week. So this November is really delivered, you know, women's fights up and down, you know, just Camara uh, fought uh, Kaylee Reese on uh, Friday night too on that, on, on that Andre card. And that was a really good fight. Uh, obviously what we saw with Bumgarner uh, last week uh, when she dropped Terry Harper and won that one, Michaela um, Mayer and Hamadouche trading going at it. And that was a good one as well. So, Boxing World's buzzing. November to remember is here. Uh, Kenny Porter. Oh, whoa, we got an update. Jamal Herring just said that Sean Porter announced his retirement. We're getting this live. We're doing this post fight podcast live. And he has announced his retirement. I'm prepared to retire, announcing my retirement now at press conference. There it is. According to Bob Kenobi, it was sitting next to me. Sean Porter has retired. That, that would answer a lot of questions. I mean, that's kind of what I talked about in the beginning of this is, is, you know, his dad probably saw this 
I mean, it goes hand in hand in what we saw in that post fight uh, where Sean Porter announcing his retirement post fight. Wow. What a career. What a career for Sean Porter. Literally fought everyone outside of Manny Pacquiao and Floyd Mayweather. And he ends his career in a very close fight with Terrence Crawford. Nothing to be, nothing to hang his hat on. Nothing to hang his head down. I know he put his head down after the fight, but this man had a hell of a career. Fought literally everyone, won world titles, defended world titles, fought in fight of the year candidates. That fight with Keith Thurman, remember that a few years ago, the Barclays Center? That fight was awesome. You know, fought Errol, took Errol Spence to the limits at Staples Center. You know, I was at that fight at Staples Center. It was, uh, you know, arguably one of the fight of the years for 2019. You know, big wins, uh, winning that title off of Kel Brook. You know, he was in there with Berto. He was in there with Broner. He was in there with Malinaji. This is a guy who benefited a lot from the PBC. Uh, was willing to fight any any place, any time. It was always Sean Porter's MO. Uh, and obviously, he's going to have a very good broadcasting career. The guy's very good on the mic. And he has the ultimate respect of boxing fans. That is so hard to get these days. To get boxing fans to agree on anything, it's like... A bad judge, uh, we can, boxing fans can all agree that the organizations are corrupt and terrible. And then it's we can all agree that Sean Porter uh, is a dog. And Sean Porter is uh, one of the best to ever uh, lace him up in the welterweight division in terms of who he fought. Fought 11 world champions, 31 and 4, he's going to retire. Two-time welterweight champion. 11 of his last 13 fights have been against world champions. That is a run! There are guys out there that can wish they had a career like Sean Porter did. And the best part about it is he's going to be in your living rooms week in, week out as a, as a broadcaster, whether it's for Fox, whether it's for Ring City. I mean, that's, what you, that's how you do it. You know, that's how you, when you step to the mic now as a broadcaster, you have the respect of fans and, you, and what you say means something. You know, you, when he speaks now on the mic, you're going to say, wait a second, that's Sean Porter talking. I got to listen up a little here because the guy, uh, you know, was the real deal. So good for him. And that kind of answers all the questions. That answers all the questions about the, the preparation for this fight. You know, none of that leaked out before. He didn't talk about retiring before because we know that as fighters. Uh, we know that when fighters talk about retiring, that's not good. I mean, they got one foot out the door, but apparently he was thinking about it and his dad knew about it too. So, wow, that's, that's big news. That's big news for, from, from Sean Porter, but wow, he goes out on a run. He goes out, you know, fighting Terrence Crawford close. There were some people on my timeline who had Porter up. I didn't think so. I thought Crawford was up maybe two or three rounds at the time of the stoppage, but he had moments in this fight. So how many times have you seen fighters go out and when they weren't like looking like Sean Porter did in his last fight, you know, even look at the, you know, uh, Manny Pacquiao in his last fight. I understand he's 42 and Porter's what 34. Wow. He's young, retiring young at 34, but you know, Pacquiao didn't look like Porter did tonight against Ugas. I know styles make fights and it's totally different, but we've seen these guys go out on, on way less terms. So hopefully Porter is at ease with his uh, decision here. Hopefully he's at peace with his decision. Uh, we've seen guys come back too numerous times too, but he has a lot going on for him in his career afterwards. So, wow. Sean Porter retires. Terrence Crawford moves on. 
Uh, I don't think Sean, I don't think Terrence Crawford's retiring anytime soon. That guy still has a mean streak in him. Uh, still has it, uh, that KO power at, at 34. Defense was good tonight. I really want to see him fight Errol Spence. That's got to be next, or at least uh, in 2022. If that doesn't happen in 2022, we have uh, boxing has failed. You know, outside of Spence, you know, losing somehow, uh, in, in, whether he's fighting Ugas or whether Spence is fighting uh, some type of mandatory at the beginning of 2022. If we don't get Crawford versus Spence, at the end of the year of 2022, at least the boxing has failed. There's been a, a massive failure because they need to get in the ring and they need to settle because Crawford still looks good. He's not, uh, you know, past his prime yet. Spence still looks good too. I mean, regardless of all the injuries he's been through and the traumas he's been through with his car crash and now a broken orbital bone, look how good he looked against Danny Garcia. So he's still obviously at the top or as close as he can be to his prime. Get it on. In 2022, make the fight. We can keep this momentum going that we're seeing at the end of 2021 being a great year uh, in boxing. 2022 can be just the same. We could be getting, uh, you know, Joshua versus Fury in heavyweight division. We could be getting Spence versus Crawford. You know, Tank is eventually going to have to fight someone at 135. They're all going to have to settle it. You know, 140 is an intriguing uh, division. We're going to see Canelo potentially jump up the cruiserweight. For God's sake. So maybe we see Charlo and Andre. So Chris Mannix can be happy. So there's a lot going on in boxing. It's going to be a mad dash to the end of the year. December is absolutely loaded. So another week here in November. But wow, Sean Porter retires uh, via himself, a post-fight interview. Terrence Crawford is the man at welterweight, arguably uh, the man in all of boxing, wherever you have it, one, two. Uh, no Inside Boxing Live this week. We're taking the week off for, for Thanksgiving. We will be live from Madison Square Garden Saturday night for Tiafimo Lopez and uh, George Cambosos. Have a lot of fun things planned for the end of the year in terms of uh, content and all that. Appreciate you guys always sticking with me here on Inside Boxing Live. Love doing these post-fight uh, podcasts because the juices are still flowing. We're getting information on the fly, just like Sean Porter uh, deciding to hang him up after a really, really good career. But Terrence Crawford is the man at welterweight. I'm signing off. We'll see you next time. Good night, everybody.